Hey there, I'm Jeremy with Good Beer Matters. First, thank you for listening to the Good Beer Matters podcast, where we explore the craft and culture of beer. Second, I want to see the beer and hospitality industries improve so we can do a better job, make more money, and so guests can have exceptional experiences. Good Beer Matters is dedicated to the pros and enthusiasts in the beer industry because we are the ones who will make it better. To that end, I want to invite you to subscribe to my monthly newsletter where I share perspectives on beer, styles, pairing, and some practical beer education. Go to goodbeermatters.net to subscribe. My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. We have this sort of party really hard thing, which has been documented back to the, uh, the Viking Age, is like a thousand years ago. We had a law in Norway where if you had a farm, you had to burn. That was the law. But there's a pretty like sort of divide between the, the beer interested people and those who are not. I've never been in Norway, and honestly, I know very little about it. But I find that a curious mind is the key to exploring new beers, new cultures, and new friends. A beer and a question open the door to my next guest, who guides us through the beer culture of Norway. We find great experiences at the intersection of craft and culture. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. For the craft and culture of beer, this is episode 136 of Good Beer Matters with Sindre Ingebrigtsen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening to this in the world or watching this in the world. Uh, we're continuing our travel, our virtual travel. Sadly, it has to be virtual, uh, you know, but uh, until someone wants to fund uh, my travels around the world to talk to people, then it's going to be virtual. But but today we land in Norway with, uh, it, it's funny how, uh, Sindri, it's funny how we connect with people. Here we were uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm coming yeah. from the, the northwest of the U.S. and you're coming all the way from Norway and 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 you're very tall. I'm very tall. And I was just like a couple of guys, uh, you know, looking above everyone else's heads in the room and drinking a beer like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Next, you know, we're talking about culture. We're talking about podcasting. We're talking about beer and 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 just and that led to this conversation today. So uh, cheers, my friend. It's nice to see you again. And uh, welcome to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Thank you. And uh Cheers as well. Cheers. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's morning for me. So yeah, I'm going to let you enjoy. Uh, yep. uh, for the sake of everyone listening and watching, um, do me a favor. Please introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about uh, why you're talking about beer and your background and all that stuff. Uh, well, so my name is uh, Sindra. Um, it's a pretty <laughs> local name, I guess. It's uh, from my knowledge, only a name in Norway and Iceland. Um, well, my, my, uh, journey sort of started, uh, in a strange way, I guess I, I was never, to be honest, I didn't really like beer until I was in my early thirties, about 30 years old. I, same, same uh, yeah, I, uh, I went to New York and, um, went into a bar, asked for a beer, which is what you do in Norway. You just get a cold beer, a lager type. Uh, we call them a pilsner here, but it's uh, technically not a pilsner. We call them Norwegian pilsners now, but they're a little different than um, uh, what many people would call a pilsner. Anyway, bartender looks at me strange and is like, "Dude, we have uh, we have fifteen taps here. Uh, you got to be more specific." So, <laughs> so, so, so I, I told him like, I, "I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm used to like a lager." Um, so he gave me a, a, an amber ale and, and, um, I think it was, uh, I found out later, I think it was one called, uh, is it blue moon or something? It's an American, uh, uh, beer. But, um, and I was like, Whoa, there's more, <laughs> there's more to beer than just like ice cold, uh, macro lagers. And, uh, came back to Norway, uh, started trying, um, so this is back in 2011. We, uh, there weren't that many, uh, craft breweries. There were a few, but, um, at the time, I guess, uh, we had the largest ones were, uh, Nogno, which 
maybe some people in the United States know. They've been selling in the States for years. And uh, and also something called Hombrygria. Um, so I was trying these beers and um, got into homebrewing. Uh, just because the the uh, selection and also the prices, because um, we have some strange uh, taxes. We can talk about that later in Norway yeah. when it comes to pricing in on beer. But uh, um, anyway, after after a few years, uh, at that time I was working in in uh, finance. I was working uh, in the bank here in Norway. Um, I'd started sort of realizing that I wasn't happy with my career choice i wasn't i mean it was fine it was nice nice people and everything but i i just didn't feel i fit in so at a point there i i decided i want to work with beer um and uh, how do i do that um i was getting quite good as a home brewer but but there there are no um brewing schools in norway so there's not like you can take that route um so this being uh, 2016, I got the great idea to start a podcast uh, because I, I at the time thought there were uh, no other brewing podcasts in Norway. Uh, right as I was uh, recording my first uh, episode where I was lucky enough to, uh, to meet uh, this American guy, he wrote uh, the uh, American Sour Beers book. I uh, can't remember his name uh, on the top of my head. Hmm. Ended up talking to him uh, in, um, uh, at this homebrew con- convention. Um, started the podcast, uh, kind of rocky start and it was a <laughs> sort of a steep learning curve i had to learn how to do everything myself yeah and uh that. yeah that's that's uh it's uh, uh luckily like i've played in bands for years so it's excited like i knew a little bit about recording but not much yeah. uh, and then um right as i was recording uh, my first episode uh, another I, I've, I realized there were two other podcasts in Norway already. The, the, the other one dropped like their first episode just a few weeks, a couple of weeks before mine. Um, and I, I didn't really know uh, how to do it, but I, I ended up in a way as a home brewer talking to professional brewers um, on the, um, styles and how to brew and how home brewers could uh, sort of what they could learn from professional brewers um it was fun but it took a lot of a lot of time but then uh, after a while uh through um some chance um my brother who you met in in nashville as well who's uh yeah. who, who runs uh, yeah it was one of the founders of uh, plato uh which make great brew tech for those people who don't know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he was talking to, uh, he had another company at the time. He had a catering company. He was renting someplace. He talked to the owner and by chance there, he told my brother that, Hey, we're starting this uh, contract brewing and uh, we need somebody to sort of be COO and head brewer. Uh, I call it a head brewer because, well, technically it was a contract brewing thing, but they needed somebody who sort of knew the industry and knew people and and um, could make the recipes. So contacted them, and and uh, a few months later, I I got to quit my job uh, in the bank and started working uh, for Oslo Brewing, where I ended up staying for a few years uh, in sort of changing roles but uh um that was my introduction to it and uh yeah i've never looked back since uh <laughs> i've sort of changed careers since that i've worked for uh for a few other breweries uh right now i'm working in tourism but um but i'm still in contact and uh, as i said still part owner of uh also brewing uh, and um yeah, I, I sort of <laughs> keep a lookout for what's going on in the brewing industry in Norway, and uh, it's still uh, some of the best people I met met in my entire life. 
So, well, so, and, yeah, and I can, I haven't met everyone uh, yeah. in the brewing industry from Norway, but so far <laughs> the people I've met in the brewing industry around the world are, are pretty solid folks. I, I can probably count on one hand people that I'd rather not spend any more time with, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, like, like you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the, some of the brewer before we started recording, you mentioned some of the people in, in the craft, uh, area of, uh, uh, Norway are, are still passion driven, just like yeah. we, we were in the States in beginning this craft beer movement. Now, now it's changed. Now it's becoming more of a commodity, more of a business, uh, viable business. And so there's, there's, uh, there's still passion, but there's passion and a bottom line and that, that, you know, kind of, uh, overlaps, but, um, so, uh, Sindre, I, I, you know, I, I've admitted to you, I've, I've never been to Norway. I've never been to Northern Europe, uh, to be, you know, other than England. Um, but you know, that's kind of a different story. Um, I, I, I got to ask you just a basic fundamental question. Uh, you know, how would you describe, uh, Norwegian culture for the rest of us who haven't been there? Well, uh, it's a, it's a big question, I guess, but, um, <laughs> sorry, um, but I, I just, I just kind of set the scene. I mean, what, you know, when we start talking more about beer in, in particularly Norway, what, what's the backstory? What do we need to know to go into this? Well, uh, sort of, it's a big, uh, I'd say it's, it's a sort of a, a mix now because, uh, historically for, thousands of years probably uh beer has been a huge part of the norway norwegian culture um as many people probably know uh, we have uh, the uh, kvike which is sort of the mm -hmm. norwegian farmhouse yeast which has gotten like a huge renaissance now um which um so so go back um a few hundred years um we had a law in norway that uh i think it was called the gulating law where um, if you had a farm, you had to brew. That was the law. And this is probably to do with the fact that people got sick from drinking water and you didn't get sick from drinking beer. Um, so, uh, so you had to brew. And um, there was even a taxation for this. Uh, can't say for certain when this was, but I, I, I do believe it was that if you get caught one year not brewing, um, you uh, get a huge tax increase, and uh, if you get caught, I think second or third time, you you lose your farm. So, so it's it's been always been a huge part. But then I guess like with the rest of the world in the um, well, Norway also had a prohibition in the early 1900s, and. Oh. Uh, uh, but these farms, they were so, I mean, Norway is, um, uh, it's a, it's a really long and a hilly country. So, so we have all of these places where, you know, that they only, they only met each other. It's like small places. You didn't really travel outside of these areas. So, so I think that's, as part of the reason why for, as for many, many other countries, uh, the, the, um, farmhouse brewing sort of died out uh both because of price uh it's, it's easier to get these uh these uh sort of industrially produced beers uh they get cheaper but it sort of stayed in norway and uh can't say for certain how many but um um but as one of the few countries in the world i guess there was uh, estonia and lithuania uh finland russia some other countries that where they have still found some of these similar cultures, uh, turns out that probably all of, all of Europe had these things, but for some reason it's sort of kept in Norway and, and this might have to do, has to do with, um, just the fact that, you know, you have all of these small villages that are sort of, you know, it's hard to get to. And I mean, you can't just make a road through a mountain. I mean, you can do, <laughs> You can make well, uh, tunnels we now. We do that but... all the time in the U.S. I don't know where. You're yeah, talking. yeah, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, um, just kidding. And no, it's fine. It's like we do we do a lot of tunnels. I mean, if you drive in Norway, you will. I think we still have the longest tunnel in the world here. So it's, oh, really? uh, 
yeah yeah it's, it's i think it's like 42 kilometers it's it's oh, like wow. crazy <laughs> but um uh the interesting thing is that um i think it was like in the 1990s that homebrewing got legal again from before prohibition but during this time all of these farmers that just kept up kept up brewing um so beer has always been a huge part like it's it's um i guess it's different for us because um because of the climate um like we'll we we have this sort of party really hard thing which has been documented back to the uh, the viking age is like a thousand years ago hey there it's me jeremy again I forgot to mention that I also have a podcast with my dear friend, the incredible Julia Hers. Together, we've created the Sense of Beer Style podcast. It's the essential training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. We've created episodes to cover foundational beer knowledge, as well as style cast to walk you through each category of the 2021 BJCP Beer Style Guidelines. If you work with beer as part of your job, then subscribe and listen so you can become an authority. Go to senseofbeerstyle.com to subscribe. So, I, Norway is sort of a strange country. It's it's it, it can come across as cold. Like if you come here, people they won't uh, like when I go to the United States, for instance. It's, it's strange for me that somebody next to me at a bar, if I'm there alone, they'll start talking to me. That that. I mean, if, if people are drunk enough, it will happen, of course. But, yeah. but I mean, in Norway, that's not a, that's not a thing. But because that's sort of a cultural thing where you respect other people's privacy in that you don't talk to them, <laughs> which is, I mean, for many, it, it can come across as strange. But for us, it's it's. Uh, which begs the just, question: How do you meet mm-hmm. each other and become friends? How do you meet, you know, uh, people you want to go on a date with? I mean, if it's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to you. Then how do you hook up? You know, it's <laughs> well, I mean, of course, that's a, that's a whole different scene. I mean, that's that's why people drink because when you drink, I was going to say the talk, answer is you, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> alcohol. That's, that's at least a huge part of it. Uh, at least from before dating apps and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I guess a lot of it is that that sort of that was our sort of social uh, lubricant. I guess it's a, it's a word I've heard. Um, and. Uh, and I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because it's it's fun. I mean, people on the street won't really talk to each other, but if if you're a tourist in Norway and you get lost or something happens, and I mean, you just ask somebody, and and like nine times out of ten, they'll people like go out of the way to try to help you because that's also a part of it. Like you help each other, but you respect each other's privacy. So it's it's sort of a it can come across as strange for many people. I get that, okay. but uh, it's um. I uh, <laughs> I have to say I I love it in the states when I'm wherever I'm there, but but um, at times it can get a little bit like <laughs> all of the courtesy is strange for us. <laughs> not that we're not uh, I mean nice to each other and and polite, but uh, it's, it's a whole different thing. But yeah. So uh, and so you you kind of talked and thank you for talking a little mm-hmm. bit about the history that was on my you know to do list to ask you about, but uh, mm-hmm. so. I've, you know, fast forward to today, you know, you mentioned the 1990s, you know, homebrewing was made legal in Norway. Mm. Um, so tell us about the, the craft beer in, in Norway. What, what's the, the, the short history of that and, and what's the state of craft beer in Norway today? Well, I think, um, so the first craft brewery in Norway was actually, uh, it's still going. It's a place called uh, Oslo uh, Microbrewery. And uh, they started in the uh, late 80s, actually, because they weren't homebrewers. They started, uh, I think it was 88 or something. I think their slogan is, we were started before it was cool or something. So they're still going and make some great beers and have a really nice tap room in Oslo if you're ever here. And um, going forward from that, uh, there may have been some small other breweries, but I think um, there are two breweries that started pretty early, I guess, Nogno being one of them, um, where um, 
hope I'm not butchering this history, but from my uh, recollection, he was uh, started. He was a pilot, uh, and he would fly to the United States. Um, and being the pilot, he could bring some extra stuff on board. So he would bring homebrew equipment. He would buy everything in the states and bring it back, and then uh, homebrew. And then uh, in the early 2000s, he started uh, 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 Craft Brewery Nagano and uh, soon behind uh, followed uh, a brewery called Holmbryggeria. And uh, these breweries are, are still, um, are still uh, going and have grown to pretty large breweries. Um, and now I guess we are... I think we're at about 200 breweries in Norway, craft breweries, uh, which for a country with 5 million people is, it's uh, pretty good. And, uh, I mean, they're spread from, yeah, I mean, they're spread at like, there's even a brewery at, at Svalbard. So, so it's, it's all over the country and, and, um, I guess it's doing good, but I think, I, I think the pandemic has sort of hit, hit breweries in a different way because um um as i was saying we have this sort of taxation system in norway we have uh we have a national uh sales monopoly on alcohol in norway so anything above 4.7 percent has to be sold in a state-owned uh specialty shop okay yeah so most of our beers, uh, sort of what we call like regular, we call it store beer, which is sort of a sentence because that's beer at 4.7%. Uh, so I guess for those who were uh, producing, packaging, and selling in stores during the pandemic, they had a huge upswing. They would sell, you know, because people were just sitting at home getting drunk for, <laughs> for however long. So those breweries, um, a lot of them did really good, but then those who were more um, depending on sales in bars and, and restaurants and, and places like that, they would take uh, took a pretty big hit. So, yeah. so we have lost a few a few breweries, but um, but I think it's it's slowly going, slowly getting better, and and I mean you still have a. Um, like we still have some really good uh, beer festivals. I think uh, the largest one is in Bergen and uh, brings in like, I think 20,000 people over a weekend, which is pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I would say craft beer is doing really good. But I guess like, as you can say, like if you say like the craft beer movement started in, in, um, in the US in the early 80s, we're like 20 years behind. So, so I would say Does that, that we're correlate sort of, to with, with just the quality and the innovation, and everything that you guys are doing. Is that, or is that to say that where you guys are is where we were 20 years ago? I think, um, I, I, well, I think with, with the, uh, internet, of course, and the fact that you will find a lot of, uh, uh, like highly educated, really good brewers that come to Norway from uh, Brazil, from the States, from Canada. So the the in the last, I'd say five to ten years, it's uh, it's had a massive growth, and, and I mean it's it's a, it's a huge, fun and and uh, sort of diverse uh, industry, and uh, I'd say the quality is catching up. But but uh, um, overall, uh, not to sort of <laughs> speak badly of anyone, but it's 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 a little bit different whenever you come to the states. It's it's like I, I think, for instance, one thing that's um, um, that I that is, I see is getting a lot better. It's it's sort of a consistency, for instance, uh, that you'd. Uh, a few years ago, it would be sometimes you'd like taste, really taste the difference between batches. And okay. um, yeah, okay. so, but I, that's, I, I think, yes, yeah, I said the last five, 10 years, we've had an amazing growth in, in these areas. So the professionality and um, 
what you said diversion and everything in there all of the different kinds of beers it's it's uh it's uh catching up i would say but so, yeah. so then uh yeah when you travel around other parts of the world and you know obviously when you were in the u.s uh just a few months ago uh mm. what are the what are the big differences i mean you mentioned okay the the quality of beer is one thing but uh, but what do you notice about the drinking culture the beer culture the the everything surrounding the beer and everything else what what do you notice is is just is just different what not necessarily good or bad but what's just different between other cultures and and what you guys have in norway well um one of the things is that um norway has this uh i mean it's getting better and it's better in the larger cities like in oslo and bergen and trondheim and so on um it is that thing with uh sort of when you drink uh because uh for years like if you went out like if and i guess in a few small towns still if you go out on a tuesday evening to have a few beers it's uh sort of frowned upon because you like you drink in the weekends and uh okay but but i mean if you go to in oslo now it's it's i mean all of the like we have a lot of really good beer bars in oslo and and uh and this has changed a lot during the last few years but um and then also it's a difference where for instance like coming back to as i said with the the um, how the legality of selling beer like for instance the as i said we have the 4.7 percent rule where uh, breweries aren't allowed to sell like they need a special license to sell their own beer where there are some strange rules where you can't can't be the same building or it can be the same building as the brewery but there has to be i think like two doors in between it so th there are some strange rules I i've sat like I i've done some of these applications in the past and they're crazy where you have to draw up like okay here's the brewery here's the door and then and then um and then you can only sell 4.7 percent and below at the brewery uh, everything else you has to go through the um has to go through the the wine monopoly as it's called yeah so um, uh so that's that's a, a different thing because i i guess seeing and i've seen this in other countries like you'll go to a bar you'll maybe go to the tap room you'll have a few beers and then you'll you know buy a few six packs or a case and bring it home yeah and that's I mean, you can do it in some places, but then again, you're, you're never going to leave with anything stronger than a 4.7% beer. So, so that's a different thing. Um, and, but then again, I, I think it's catching up and, and that's, that's sort of a thing we've had a, had this thing for, for years also that many of the larger breweries there, they might be so far outside of town that it's sort of hard to get there. So like you'd come into a tap room, I've done this and like breweries will have a tap room where they can, and they they can actually sell their stronger beer to you in the glass because they have a bar, they have a bar license, uh, but you might be the only person there. So it's, it's um, and it's sort of like, I, I guess, um, in a way, I guess brewing culture and breweries are at least in the states is a little bit cooler than in norway in norway it's more like oh you're a brewer okay it's, it's not like i i think it has more like uh <laughs> i think um yeah you're looked at as as, as a little bit cooler in, in the states if you're a brewer than in norway is it is a brewer in norway just kind of a, a common blue collar job or something along those lines i think yeah, people think so. Or I mean, if you're if you're in the industry, and I mean, it, it, we're I like to say we, but I guess I'm I'm not like <laughs> working in it anymore. But but <laughs> I, I do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we uh, we know each other, and I mean, you know that that guy's really good. That guy, that girl, like like people are really good at brewing, and um, and they're sort of respected but nobody like the regular beer drinker would not have like that thing sort of like but then again i, so I are, are they not appreciated as an artisan as as someone who's creating 
something elevated like a chef i mean how are chefs regarded in norway like the the good high-end chefs yeah i i think it's falling a little bit behind and then uh, it's also mm. the thing that maybe wine is highly it's, it's sort of looked upon as sort of more highbrow in a way it's it's um yeah it's it's kind of funny like for instance with um uh, we have all of these in, in like the, the, the newspapers, you have these people that are wine tasters and then they'll, they'll give their recommendation and then people will buy, uh, wine depending on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Norway, it's a lot of like untapped and, and people in Norway, they rate things in a strange way. Like you can never, like a lager will never get more than three. Like it, it could be the best lager you've ever tasted. Like, um, like for instance, the Molo that I used to work for before in Olesen, they're um, they have a Hellas that won gold medal in the European Championship uh, Brewing Championship last year. Wow, wow! And Impressive. and I guess on Untapped now, it's it's uh, it's a Hallelujah Hellas. It's still one of my favorite beers. It's a fantastic beer, and they also have this really good Pilsner called Instant Hero that won silver in the German Pilsner. So they they're like really good yeah Yeah. like really like it's not just me having worked there and knowing the brewers it's 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 uh and i mean it won't have a higher rating than a three because in norway you know a pilsner can never be as good as a as a a crazy ipa or sour or stout or so i I feel like there's less sort of style recognition in a way so it sounds like you're you're painting a picture, and I'm going to try and interpret it from to you know from my end. And is that just the uh, general understanding, the general knowledge, and education about beer is leading to a uh, underappreciation for that stuff? Because I, I think you and I both know that a good Hellas is mm. way harder to brew than yeah. a lactic sour or an IPA or or a yeah. bourbon barrel aged anything you know it's, it's like to get a good hellas that's clean and just beautiful and perfect is is a feat of mastery and, yeah uh, and so that is, is yeah that's uh that's um and um i still love it uh, that was the or is the brewmaster's or baby that beer he's been working on for years and to win that was i mean amazing oh man and and but but, but i think like people are I think the common sort of knowledge of brewing in Norway is pretty low. Um, I mean, people think, oh, you just, you know, you throw it together and then it's it's done. It's, 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 uh, I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's not. But then again, it comes from years of um, just only having these, uh, I call them macro, but I guess like in, in comparison to the States, they're still yeah. small, but but sort of the like the big brands in Norway, um, it's not it's never been sort of a huge thing about. Um, well, for one, you can't advertise alcohol in Norway; it's forbidden. You can't advertise alcohol at all, not on social media, not anywhere. Oh. I mean, you can barely you can barely write on your homepage what you produce. You can only like sort of the smallest minute details are legal and, and you can get into p- pretty big problems if you do it. Well, well that explains so, when I, when I was researching uh, this, I looked, I found you on, uh, on the Molo website uh, and, mm-hmm. and I wasn't quite sure what Molo was until I dug a little bit deeper. And so yeah. uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's, it's uh, so the laws are really strict and uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm actually like, I, I, I wouldn't, I'm happy that we don't have like huge sides of buildings with, you know, these, these and these alcohols and spirits. And so I'm, I I like that our, our sort of, what do you call it? Like the, our cities are a little bit cleaner from advertising that way and also TV. But, but it sort of makes it harder because for instance, like all of these larger breweries, they'll have their trucks going around and sort of in Norway, we call like the major, the major brands, you just call them by the brewery name. Like I'll have one of that or one of that or one of that. And then everybody knows it's an, it's a Norway, it's a Pilsner. Okay. So, so, and, and that's sort of the thing It's like, I, I guess also in Norway, it's, it's, 
people are more interested in the the drinking than <laughs> sort of the creation. So interesting. Well, so let, then let me ask you this. So when when a group of Norwegians go out together and, and or we're going to meet at the bar, we're going to meet at the brewery, we're going to mm. go out, we're going to drink. Yeah. What does that look like? Is are you going out to eat and drink? Are you going out to just drink and 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 solve all the problems of the world or what <laughs> happens in that in that environment of a bunch of Norwe- Norwegians going out to drink? Um, well, there's I guess so we have we have a couple of different sayings for this. So if you're going to go drinking, uh the usual thing I guess, or at least if you're a little younger, let's say you're a student, let's say you're in your 20s, the usual thing to do, unless there's a student bar where the alcohol is really cheap, then people will meet up at some somebody's apartment or in the park. And summertime, you'll buy the beers in the store, you'll drink beers, and then you'll go out and have a few beers on, in the, on the town because those are expensive. So <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. Like, I, I guess... Like buying buying a the standard lager uh, is four or five times the price if you're going to go to a bar. Wow. So, well, depending on where you go, I mean, it's 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 a huge difference if you go to a student bar or if we go to like a really fancy fancy place. But um, and then of course there's the dinner. But then I, I have a feeling it's it's more like wine is more. It's getting there with beer. I mean, you're getting restaurants, like good restaurants that have a beer pairings. And, or for instance, you'll go to a good restaurant that has, like you'll get a meal and they have a beer, they have a cider, which we have a huge cider production in Norway, uh, which is really good as well. And then, uh, and they'll sort of mix it all up. Uh, but, but I guess it's, it's um, I guess as you get older, you'll go for the dinner and the drinking, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but but there's a thing like we have a we call it foreplay actually, which is when you go to somebody's apartment and you drink, like you go to the store to the wine monopoly and get a bottle of wine, and then uh, you get kind of drunk or kind of tipsy, and then you go out to town, so people won't be out like on Fridays and Saturdays and at least smaller places. And uh, to some extent in Oslo, it's like people won't go out until 12 and then everything closes at three at the latest, I guess, in Norway. So <laughs> we have really strict rules about most things that has to do with alcohol. So, <laughs> so, gotcha. it's, uh, so it's different. And, and I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think I guess the, the sort of the home party is sort of always going to be a, a big part of it. That's uh, and 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 so do people. Uh, you, you mentioned when when you're out in a bar or restaurant that people just kind of respect each other's space, so they're less likely to interrupt or start talking. But I would assume that when you're yeah. at someone's house, you know each other, so it, it is a lot more a lot more conviviality there. Yeah, and I mean it, it's sort of a thing like. Um, I guess it's the same all over. It's like you, you might be like a group of friends and then like somebody will invite somebody and somebody, and then you'll be a group of people that might never have met each other. But then of course you have the alcohol. Sorry. There was <laughs> and then, um, yeah, you have the alcohol and then it's easier. And of course, I guess like if you're in a crowded bar, it's like easier to like start talking to somebody next to you or, so it's, it's a whole different thing. I guess, I guess that's the whole thing is like, <laughs> You will, uh, it's easier to get talking to people on a Saturday or Friday evening in in Norway than gotcha. the rest of the week. Yeah. Well, then, then talk to me a little bit about, um, you mentioned that uh, you've, you've got your uh, Norwegian Pilsner, which is kind mm-hmm. of your, your basic um, uh, store beer. And yeah. uh, and then you've also mentioned that uh, you've got the uh, Kvike uh, farmhouse beers. Yeah. Talk to me about, Norwegian styles uh, of beer. What 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 characterizes the beer coming from Norway? Um, well, uh, we can start with the sort of the pilsner. As I said, that's um, it's close to uh, a German pilsner, but sometimes I I'd say usually a little bit sweeter, uh, mm. a little bit less bitter. 
and a little bit darker not much it's still like a pale uh, a pale lager kind but, of getting a little bit more golden yeah usually it's mm. sort of golden colored and then um and then of course we have the farmhouse beers but they're they are more of a speciality there's not like like um not a huge thing i guess in norway like the big thing for um for many years in norway was for instance the um Hefeweizens, like a German Hefeweizens. Yeah. That's always been a huge, um, and it's still a thing. It's easier to get, uh, it's easier to get a Hefeweizen at, at like small places than to get an IPA or, well, IPAs are getting there, I guess, but now that people can have them in bottles and cans and, and the macro breweries are starting to making their versions of it. So, um, yeah, and then you have that sort of farmhouse ale that's usually a little bit darker, a little bit more smoky. Um, but they're not. I I I not really say it's it's sort of a huge part of the culture. I guess like Pilsner is the <laughs> the biggest one by far, and um, of course there's always been sort of a culture for darker beers. Um, but. I, <laughs> For most people, if you're outside of the the beer industry, there's a mango IPA, and there's really? uh, oh yeah, the mango IPA is like the biggest thing in Norway right now. And, Which those uh, are amazing, uh, <laughs> but you know that that's something I'd expect to find in India or you know Southeast yeah. Asia or something like that. Yeah, but I I uh, if you if you'd put one of the 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 macro mango IPAs in front of me. I would not call that even an IPA, not even close. Okay. It's, it'll have maybe spices in it. I, I'd say it's it's a hefe with some hops and uh, and mango essence or flavor. Like, of course, there are some craft breweries that are making some amazing mango IPAs, but it's become, I think for people outside of the sort of the, the nerdy beer uh, crowd, um that's the thing it's like it's it's uh it's german style maybe some belgian like light uh, uh light beers and then um yeah it's like german and belgian beers have always been kind of big and it's 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 easy to get like we can get a lot of like really good sours uh, belgian sours just because we have that sort of it's been imported for years mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's like still even at the wine monopoly, like some of the most selling beers are still just like the high alcohol lagers. So it's, 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 I'd say it's a, it's a, so, so it's like two different worlds in a way, it's, uh, but it's getting there. I mean, it's, it's every year it's, it's getting more and more, it's easier. I mean, you, you have a larger selection. I mean, you, you it's almost hard now to go to a bar that, I mean, unless they only have one tap with Pilsner to not get at least an IPA and, and a sour maybe, or so, so I guess the, the, uh, the craft beer crowd is growing, but there's a pretty like sort of divide between the, the beer interested people and those who are not. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Um, sorry, I'm just write that little note down. Uh, mm. Uh, so if, if I were to ask you to predict the future of Norwegian beer, let's, let's go out five years, 10 years, where do you think we're going to end up? Mm. Well, I hope, um, I hope we'll see some legislation that lets, for instance, the breweries have uh, brewery sales where they can sell fresh, freshly packaged beer. Uh, we've had some change recently where cider producers are allowed to do that, but at the point it has to do with the um, the, the uh, sort of what you put into the has, uh, what you put into the beverage has to be made on the farm, sort of on the spot, and mm-hmm. with the. Uh, I mean, in Norway now, the only way you could do that is set up a brewery at one of the few malting houses in Norway, which there are not too many of. 
yeah, still, or I mean, we have some good ones, but um, so I hope we'll get some more like the legislation there that that could be could have been a lot better and um, also makes it easier because I mean, traveling around the country, what's better than sort of tasting a good beer and then buying a six pack and taking it with you home? Um, I I think Norway is pretty diverse. I mean, IPAs are big and sours are big. And, um, but I, I think what I, what I think we'll see is more and more, a sort of a scientific approach, um, more data being taken. I, I'm thinking more and more or less like in the way where, um, as I see in the United States, it's, it's, um, um people are sort of uh, it, it's a science it, it's it's uh, it's getting it's going a little bit from being a craft to being a science in a way and um yeah and um, i guess i'd like to see that i mean still keeping the craft part but and that's a hard balance of keeping that that passion that artistry which yeah. kind of within that nature begets this inconsistency because you know what if i'm having a, a an off day and i'm brewing and doesn't come out quite the same and but, yeah. uh, but having that scientific approach just kind of by its inherent aptitude it just takes that that passion out of it because we're being very very uh, uh objective about it yeah so it, having that balance is kind of nice yeah i think so too and um and the thing is that Norway is pretty free when it comes to sort of um, uh, experimentation. I think we have, I think we're at a good spot when it comes to like, there's a huge range of really good beers you can get in Norway, like anything from like the lightest, lightest light beers to the the heaviest barrel aged, crazy um, imperial stouts. And I mean, there's always going to be trends and I've, to be honest, never been too good at reading trends. It's it's sort of a thing because I'm more, <laughs> um, I guess I'd say I'm more interested in what I like, and then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I, I I think sort of like it'll just keep going, and and I see one of the good things in Norway, and I guess it's the same all over. It's like that you have all of these brewing breweries doing collaborations and working together, and people like you work at one brewery, move to the next, and then you'll take some of the things you learn at the first brewery, take it to the next. That's uh, I. It's sort of hard to say. I I can't really. Um, I think more or less it has to do with um, uh, with the loss, and then of course I hope that um, for I hope there that people are going to see that there there is uh, like for there are some breweries that have their sort of patrons, but um, um, it would be nice to see a little bit more money going into the production side. Um, it's it's hard to get backers to start a brewery right now, and uh, it sounds like the yeah. problem is systemic. We need we need the <clears throat> consumers to have a better education and appreciation of it, so that yeah. they will go out and buy more. So then, in turn, you know we have to raise the the quality and consistency and interest in in the beer. You kind of have a chicken the egg situation going on where it's well they're they're both going to feed feed on each other, but someone has to kick it off. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like you know you have effectively kicked it off, but it just it's not it's not exploding. Which in it, in all fairness, in the U.S., uh, you know we, we talk about the three waves of the craft beer movement. You know, the beginning it started in the '80s and most breweries fell off. And in the '90s, uh, they tried you know another kind of a big expansion. Most of those fell off. It was in the 2000s. And I remember the 2000s in particular, where it was like, we finally got some traction. We were finally building momentum. And then the 2000 teens, it just exploded. But it took the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s to really create that foundation. Yeah. And 
like sort of the the craft movement and and homebrewing everything is still like i'd say in the late in its late teens in norway so yeah. it's it's like it's not been many years so i think it just has to grow a little bit it just has to sort of evolve into its own thing and and kind of separate in a way from um sort of the, the the yeah the public view that uh, the people don't know how much work goes into uh, making beer and I, I find it extremely funny whenever I have a beer tour or had a beer tour in the in the in the past uh, of course you'll always have some homebrewers ask some questions and because I mean on these beer tours there's always sort of like interested people um, but then you'll talk to people who were like, oh, I, I had no idea that it was like this much work. I, I thought it was like, it's, it's, it, people, people don't really know how much work it is. And, and like I said, people don't know, especially for craft breweries, how much it takes to like make a really, really good lager. That's, that's amazing amount of work. Uh, and like making a good IPA, of course, you have to do the water, you have to do the hops, right? You have to do the balance and everything, but time-wise and, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's an easier beer to make. And, um, and sometimes I wish that I wish that more people knew that. And that's one of the things that I would try to sort of, to, uh, let people know whenever I'm talking about beer. So, well, then good. It's, I mean, to get that out there and help the, you know, the more people that understand that, oh, you know, like, like I remember when I was younger, I, I just, I remember the day that I walked into a store where I used to go get cigars and wine and whatever it was. I remember walking in and seeing this box and it was like a, a homebrew kit. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, oh, you can brew beer at home because I always assumed that beer was made in some factory somewhere. You know, yeah. just like, just like <laughs> cars are made in a fat, no, no one, no one makes a car in there. Well, people will restore cars, but no one just like, you know what, I'm going to build a new car in my garage. You know, it was just like cars are made in a factory. To me, that's what brewing was made in some factory somewhere with, you know, with, you know, the, you know, behind the green curtain and with, you know, the magical wizard was doing something. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you can actually brew beer at home. And so that was my little brush with destiny. And then I just moved on and. And, and dismissed it altogether. But, but I think about that from time to time, as I've become a home brewer, as I've gotten into the beer industry, I remember thinking that people need to understand that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of steps and people that from growing the hops and, and the barley and everything else, it, there's so much that goes into just that one glass that people sit down and take for granted. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's 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 yeah, it's a it's a good explanation for what people think in Norway. Uh, I mean, one thing we've had um, the last ten years, we've had a huge sort of growth in homebrewing. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a cool. lot of like there's some really large like homebrewing competitions, and uh, and um, I was just thinking like I I randomly remembered now that my first homebrew kit. I bought from Nögne, from the craft. They started selling it, and Kjetlik, and the guy who started it, it he hand-delivered it to my, my door in the building next to where I'm living now, uh, back in, I guess, at, yeah, 10 years ago, I guess. And it started there, <laughs> and so it's, 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 it's pretty great. Like, we've had some, uh, that's the thing, like, the largest homebrew shop uh, in Europe that was located just a uh, 20 minute walk from where I live now that actually went bankrupt a few weeks ago. Oh no. So there's some uncertainty now around that, but, um, from, um, I did a little digging and it looks like, uh, it's, it's, uh, sort of the, uh, it, it got bought up, but by, by another brew shop. So I guess we're good, but us living in Oslo, who used to have, as I said, the biggest brew shop in Europe, we don't have any, uh, there might be some, I, I can't say for sure. I haven't had much time for homebrewing <laughs> in the yeah, last few years, but, uh, but, um, no, it's but, interesting and it helps, uh, homebrewing helps a lot. 
Well, uh, let's let's wind uh, stuff down a little bit. Um, mm. So tomorrow, uh, you mm. get to become uh, the the uh, king of the beer world for one day. Mm. What what would be one thing that you would change about beer around the around the globe? Oh, around the globe. Um, well, there's one thing I think. I know this is a sort of a regular one, but I think ownership is sort of uh, um, a big thing. Uh, like you have a lot of huge companies buying up breweries. I mean, it's not necessarily all bad, but the control. Um, luckily in Norway, I know that we have it's 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 sort of pretty free, but then again, it's for smaller breweries. It's hard to get into a bar because the, the larger macros will have sort of made behind like backroom deals with the bars that are not mm. technically legal. Like I I'd like to see sort of a, a freer independent market. I mean, even, even, I mean, some, some sort of state funding for people, with um with good companies and good company plans just because i i guess with like so many other things we are losing out on people like for what you know there's some some person sitting like homebrewing right now that has a recipe that would like revenue revolutionize like the new yeah. ipa the new new england ipa but you know, you can't really, like, eh, here you go. That's it. Yeah. I, I like it for, to, to be more open. It's, it's, um, I guess with the, the sort of the, the big homebrew competitions, that's, that's getting sort of better, but, but I, I, I think it, it, it's like, um, sort of the competition thing where you have these huge companies that are owning like how many percent of the beer industry, I'd love to see that sort of like some stricter rules all over the country or all over the world for that matter. Uh, so we don't have to sort of, <laughs> because I'm afraid that if you go sort of that route, like it's the illusion of choice where yeah. suddenly like the big companies. We, we end up with factory beer. Yeah. And then you'll see, like your favorite beer because it doesn't sell a million <laughs> barrels a year that'll disappear. And then, so I, I think what I love right now is the diversity and the, and the sort of the, the openness. And, uh, and I just like to see that getting better instead of worse. Yeah. So that's uh, sort of one thing I'd say. Well, at so. the end of your uh, Royal beer day, uh, we're mm -hmm. going to send you anywhere on earth to have a beer and a meal. Where would you go and what would you have? Ooh, that's hard. Um, hmm. I, um, I'd probably say, uh, say Reykjavik, Iceland. So, um, I have a, my mother is Icelandic. So I, I grew up going there, uh, every other summer and, uh, I speak Icelandic to a small degree, I guess, but there is something I love about that country that is different and strange and the food and they have some amazing restaurants and uh, it's one of the places I keep going back to. So, so I, I think I'd have to say there. So what would you uh, eat and what would you drink? Ooh, um, so that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm more into, uh, like, yes, I have the things that I like to eat. I have the things that, you know, but I, I'm more into that thing where you just, okay, so let's say you have a restaurant you love. Um, and then, okay, today we have a five course menu. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm, <laughs> I like, I like better to be, be uh, sort of surprised and, and amazed than to sort of go back and eat the same thing and same thing. And I think, for me, uh, that's, that's part of living. It's it's you know going around the world and eating and drinking and trying new new things. And um, I'm trying to remember the name of this restaurant right now that I've been to many times in Iceland, but I, I can't. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, because you're right on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, 
Then the other big question I have for you from your experiences is why does good beer matter so much to you? Hmm. I think, I think it's, it's a whole, it's, it's the fact that, I mean, beer can be pretty easy. It can be homebrewing on a really small, tiny scale on your stovetop. Um, and it can get pretty good. And then you can go from that and you can go into the huge science and you can, you can get into these like hour long discussions and, and it's tasting notes. And I mean, beers, it's, uh, it has hundreds of more tasting notes than wine, for instance. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just a complexity. It's, it's the, it's the vastness. It's like, it never gets boring because there's always going to be something new. There's always going to be somebody that, that develops something new, a new taste, a new combination, put something in the beer. It's, it's, I feel it's an evolving and, and I mean, the more you get into the science, um, yeah, it never gets boring. It is just always. And then at the end of the day, it's, it's fun to have a beer with your friends. So it's both like extremely complex and huge and big. And at the same time, it's easy and it's fun. And it's, it's this like really nice little thing that brings us all together. So yeah, yeah I guess that was, that would be it. Perfect. Mm. Uh, uh, and then a couple of easy questions uh, for anyone who mm. wants to learn more about Norwegian beer or travel through Norway, where could they go? Um, well, we have some, uh, we have some good, um, of course we have some really good bars in, in, uh, Oslo. I, I'd sort of start here. If you want to travel for a beer, I'd recommend you fly into Oslo and then well, go I'm thinking from here, about but... more like websites or something like that. You know, how could they learn before they get there? Uh, well, that is not necessarily, we don't have, um, gotcha. I guess most of them are Norwegian in Norwegian. So finding, uh, to my knowledge right now, I don't know if there's a good sort of a tourist, um, site or place to go. Um, well, great. Then anyone who's, yeah. who's listening, who's like, Oh, I, I can help with that. There obviously there's an opportunity to get information out there not only to norwegians about beer but about norwegian beer and travel to the rest of the world so yeah yeah i mean i think I, a lot of tourists are using untapped and uh, and i mean just google maps i guess <laughs> so well area of opportunity mm. yeah. uh do you have any final words uh to say to anyone watching or listening um yeah there's one thing i, I wanted to sort of go back on and uh, and i've said for instance, about Norway, uh, we have a lot of rules. That's sort of the thing that I feel like has come across. But the one thing I'd like to say is sort of give a little positive at the end, because uh, it might have sounded like I'm, I'm not that keen with what we call the vine monopoly here in Norway, which is sort of the state, state-owned stores there where you have mm-hmm. to go to buy anything above 4.7%. However, I think it's a, it's a really, really good... Uh, uh, concept because this makes it so that almost every small little area town uh, they'll be within driving distance of one of these stores and they are the second largest purchaser of alcohol in the world because it sort of serves five million million people the people in norway and the great thing about it is that if you live like far north in the bottom of fjord you can go online, you can order the strangest, newest, craziest beer and wine and everything, and you can have it delivered to that store to no extra cost. And everything is set. The cost, there's no, they'll they'll just add on the taxes, which is the same for everyone. So we have like wine collectors coming from France to buy French wine and then taking it back because they'll purchase so much and it's cheaper for them to buy it in Norway and import it back into France <laughs> than to buy it in France because they're the sort of the middlemen will put on yeah. the extra price. Yeah, yeah. So, so even though it's might sound a little strange, I mean, I think it's a really, really good system and, and uh, it, it, it sort of gives everybody the same playing field 
Like you don't have to travel to Oslo or travel to any of the big cities or to get if you want something really special or not special at all. But but you sort of the price and everything is set all over the country, which I think is it's a it's a really good concept. And it also helps spread because you can like if you get into the wine monopoly with a beer, then. You can you can sell it anywhere in the country, and it's easy for people. You can just yeah. they can order. I mean, sometimes they'll have to order a six pack, but I mean, it's 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 a it's a good thing. And I I I really think it's it's um at the end of the day, it's a huge help for uh, spreading like good beer around the country because good beer matters. So yeah, <laughs> right, it does. <laughs> well, Sindra, it was mm-hmm. so nice uh, meeting you in Nashville and just having the, mm-hmm. that great conversation. Um, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing with us a, just a little, uh, pun intended, a little taste of Norway. Uh, and yeah. I, I hope that we will all uh, find our way there and and just kind of discover it for ourselves. But I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all of this. Yeah, thank you as well. It's been uh, <laughs> been really nice. And uh, yeah, come to Norway. It is beautiful. It can be really bad and cold weather, but right now it's hot as hell. Well, uh, <laughs> well, when uh, if and when I can make it to Norway, I'm going to plan on summertime because I don't think yeah, I'm uh, man think enough that. to endure a Norwegian winter, but that's a different story. Anyway, thank you. Thank you as well. Every culture has a beer culture, even the ones who aren't known for their beer. This is because every country has beer and every beer can open a door to a world we haven't experienced before. Keep your mind curious, grab yourself a beer and a bite to eat and go explore. In the next episode, we head back to Latin America, except this time we learn about beer culture from a local. I'm on a virtual tour of the craft and culture of beer around the globe. I've put Good Beer Matters on video so I can take you along for the ride. If you know of a person, a place, or a beer story that needs to be told, let me know. Meanwhile, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let your world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.